In improvisational theatre, there's an adage that says make your partner look good. In leadership and business relationships, this means you can make personal interactions a win-win situation for both you and your colleagues. Welcome to Partner Up with Amy Carroll. Speaking with guests and listeners like you, Amy uses her wisdom and wit, leading you along the road to success. Now, here's your host, Amy Carroll. Welcome, everyone, to Partner Up with Amy Carroll. As a communication coach, trainer, speaker, and author, I'm delighted to be your host and excited to bring you insights and ideas to help you solve your communication conundrums. This is the 64th episode of my show, Partner Up with Amy Carroll. If you want to find out more about me, what the show's about, feel free to listen to previous episodes on my website, carolcoaching.com, or go directly to the voiceamerica.com business channel. Download the app, and you can always tune in using your favorite podcast app. Now, if you missed last week's show, I interviewed for the second time, Dr. Heather Cairnsley. She's a thought leader and a practitioner of clean language. And no, that's not the opposite of dirty language. Rather, it's an, a way of asking questions with making as few assumptions as possible. Mm-hmm, good stuff. Be sure to check out either one of those episodes, either from February 12th or November 12th. And my friends, today I am here once again with my sidekick, T. Welcome, T. Hi, me. Thanks for having me. My communication compadre, as I like to refer to <laughs> her as. And Indeed. Listeners, we are so excited to do this episode because we've been talking about this, I don't know, probably a month now, I think, doing mm-hmm. this. And we listeners, indeed, yeah. we're going to be diving into a book that we both read recently called Boundary Boss by Terry Cole. Yes. And in this book, Terry masterfully reveals how to find your most authentic voice, step into your power and own your impact. Mm. And after you read this book, Amy, I remember you saying, oh, my gosh, T, you just have to read this book. Took me a while to get there. What made it what made you pick the book up in the first place, Amy? Well, I guess because I don't always have I didn't past tense. Mostly I didn't really have such strong boundaries. And as a result, what I saw is I would get really angry and resentful in situations or mm-hmm. towards certain people. Right. Yeah. It took me a while to develop the skill and the confidence to set the boundaries appropriately. Mm-hmm. So I guess I was really excited to find a book that helps to explain how other people can learn these skills and start applying them in their lives. Mm-hmm. And I'm grateful that you told me about it. Oh, yeah. You know, T, I remember uh, being really proud of myself one time when I decided to deliver a difficult message to a friend who's also a colleague. And this was, this was an example a couple of years back where I was, I was going to set a boundary. Okay. And we were in an airport in Germany rushing for a flight. In that exact moment is when I decided it was the perfect moment to have this conversation. <laughs> well done. How did it go? Yeah, well... Just <laughs> to say, um, it didn't go so well. Mm. I remember when we got into the airplane, my friend calmly turned to me and he said, uh, Amy, next time, maybe you can wait until we're in the plane before you start a conversation like this. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it, uh, I see looking back, it really has taken me time to build boundaries and to 
implement them effectively. Right. Ongoing, no? Yeah. T, what was your impression (laughs) when I first told you about the book? Well, Amy, for a minute, I thought about the word boundaries Mm. and decided I must have set boundaries naturally over the years. That was something that was in place. And then very quickly, about 10 seconds after that thought, (laughs) I kind of got a little scared and thought, I I don't think I have any boundaries. What, What are boundaries? And hadn't really put any effort into that in my life or consciously put any boundaries into my plate in place in my life I didn't know if I actually even had any to be fair when I started to think about it and pull it apart so the concepts suddenly seemed slightly abstract to me Mm -hmm. it kind of bounced off the page and was flying around above my head (laughs) which sent me into a bit of a spin of slight panic to be honest and then some questions arose yeah was this something I should have addressed earlier in my 20s or even in my 30s? And how had I got to my 40s without ever <laughs> sitting down to explore what my boundaries actually were? Wow. Uh, yeah, a few questions. Had I missed something along the way? You were the first person to tell me about this or to make me realize that it was something that needed to be addressed. Maybe I hadn't listened to my friends or my older sisters or my parents. Was it something that we learned? Um, mm. Had I been a terrible life student? for not having any clear boundaries set at the ripe old age of 44 today. So I must admit, yeah, I freaked out. Yeah. And I love that question of, you know, uh, you didn't quite say it though, that like, was this taught and I was just asleep during the class or did I miss the memo or exactly? I don't think people, we teach this to people consciously. No, I don't think we do. I don't think we do. And it's obviously through the work that I do with you and the communication coaching that I realize my dog is having a little play in the background, by the way, if you hear oh, him good. sniffling. Oh, good. <laughs> um, yeah, just the work that, that we do together has brought me to this point. Uh, so really huge aha moments happening with this book. And it took, me a, it took me a while to warm up around six weeks, I think, you'd said to me, get the book, get the book. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I just put it off another week or two. Not sure I'm ready to do this work. And then I started to listen and because I had it on Audible and really listening, I was shocked and intrigued at the same time. In what way? So much stuff came up, so much work to do. And then also not feeling ready to do that work. You know, it's been a warm up to get to where we are today and to talk about it here today on the radio show. Um, Terry talks about going down into your boundary basement. Oh, yeah. So like pulling out the skeletons from the closet um, and really delving deep into family history. That's a big thing that comes up in this book. The boundary yeah, what blueprint. Call it? Yes, that's it. The boundary it? blueprint. Mm, the blueprint. So you kind of have to do this back work, I guess, and be ready to do that. And what, you know, whatever happens when you're a child is, um, is heavily having an, an impact on where you are and what you do today. That's the key, actually, what happened in your childhood. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you're like me. I don't really sit down and think about my childhood very often unless I'm with family and we pull out photos and it's all happy, happy memories. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's a choice and a luxury that I have to not necessarily go looking at the negative stuff that happened. So as I started to listen to Terry in the book, um, she uses case studies. And I was maybe in denial a little bit, I think, Amy, sitting thinking, poor girl or poor person that was going through all this stuff in her childhood. That didn't happen to me. Nothing like that happened to me. Uh, Did that happen for you? Oh, God, yes. I was like, oh, yeah. 
yeah I just I was for these people you know yeah. wow so yeah and then and then I had this like aha moment and it felt like I'd been whacked in the face with a wet fish if you like where <laughs> I had to say, yeah wet smelly fish T stopped denying it all stop denying wow. the shit that went down when you were a kid and it was time to face it it really was time to face it and Terry's convincing and compassionate manner yeah get to that point because yeah I think I went back and started the book again a few chapters in with view to dissecting how it was going to work for me and what had happened in my childhood so alcohol abuse fear of abandonment screaming matches violence the real nitty gritty dirty (sighs) stuff so as I rewound the chapters and was preparing myself to listen again with another outlook on what my real story was from what Tova refers to as the family of origin. So really going back to your childhood and the family that you grew up with and also, you know, ancestors and maybe ancestors of ancestors, I guess, and all the stuff that we carry. Yeah, the trauma. Yeah, Mm -hmm. the trauma stuff. Yeah, transgenerational Mm -hmm. trauma, which obviously you you had a show on that with Raj Kumari, which um, should be the repeat show for next week usually. Oh, yeah, let's do that. That's, yeah, definitely worth a listen. Transgenerational trauma. And yeah, and I guess as humans, we don't want to go there. Nope. We don't want to go there. So I was really, when I started to listen to this book, I knew I was in for the long haul. Mm. And I'm still not finished. You know, it's an ongoing process. So thank you for this. Very important wow. work. Mm. Oh, T, I'm so um, impressed by the bravery that must have taken. And oh, thank you. Yeah, you know, and what an aha, what a huge gift. You're, you've given and a con- will continue to give yourself. Right. Yeah. And also maybe for my daughter and generations that will come Absolutely. through the family, you know. So I recommended it highly to my sisters and my mom and everybody's awesome. downloading the book. And, <laughs> and it'd be great to get involved in the conversations with how they have memories of, of the, char- the same upbringing yeah. that I do. Once again, my dog has now brought his bone into the room. So if you oh, hear good. the clack, 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 that's um, <laughs> it's not my feet under Poncho's the table. Poncho's having a snack. <laughs> He's having a big T-bone <laughs> snack, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, wow. I think the band, you know, the personal boundaries that we set um, really impacted by our childhood experiences. That's something that Terry says. Yeah, yeah. Well, knowing all that, and I'm wondering, it, you know, I think – it would be interesting for us to share some of the quiz questions that Terry Ooh, yeah. offers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So listeners, um, you may want to get a little piece of paper and a pen and, you know, just write a yes, no, or say it in your head to yourself. Mm. Um, so here are some of the, the questions. In fact, I think this is a couple and we, there may be even more than this. So yes or no. Uh, this is so that's you're, you're going to respond yes or no for yourselves, listeners. And the first question is Do you say yes when you want to say no? Is that true for you, T? Yeah, I think we've all done that, right? We do. I know I do me, it less I, and less. I'm doing it less and less thanks to awesome. training with you for sure. And when it comes up, it's kind of flagged now because I'm aware that no, this is not feeling good. This is not what. And so I can rectify it thanks to the training that I do with you. It makes me think of Brene Brown, who talks about mm-hmm. she has this ring and she twists the ring a bunch of times. Yes, that's before, right. She does. You know, when she has yeah. to, she has to be put on her brave big big girl pants and right, yeah. And I limit. think Terry also mentioned something like that, right? She sits. What does she do? Does she 
through the meditation work that she's done, maybe yeah, she has now been able to create that space before she responds. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yes, and, we and get, like, the reaction rather than responding rather than reacting. Exactly. She yeah. She has said that meditating on a regular basis mm-hmm. has created uh, has has added three to four seconds. Yeah, <laughs> which doesn't seem like much, and it it's significant. Uh, it is. Yeah. So it shifts her from reaction mode to response mode. And she has mm-hmm. those three to four seconds to reflect. Mm. Yeah. So similar to Brené Brown who twists the ring around yeah. four times. Yeah. Yeah. And for me, one of the things I had to get clear about is to be okay with someone being annoyed with me or mm-hmm. frustrated or pissed off mm-hmm. if I said no. Has that happened a lot? Um, there hasn't been a, a, well, I guess with some people, it's, mm. it's caused some real strong friction. Most mm-hmm. people, they seem okay, okay with it. And the people that, it, that, that they struggle with it, they have very weak boundaries too. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. I think Terry calls the boundaries when they're weak, porous, yes. right? Porous boundaries. Mm. Yeah. Porous, um, rigid, and healthy, I think, are the three. That's are, right. Three yeah, types. exactly. Yeah. And the so healthy this, ones are flexible, right? Flexible yes. boundaries. Being yeah. Healthy. The mm. second question from the quiz is, do you resist asking for help, then end up doing most of the things yourself? Oh, that's me. Has been me in the past. Again, something I'm working on. I was a martyr for many, many years. Uh. Wanted to do it all myself. Didn't want to ever ask for help. I've definitely started to ask for help or accepted help when it's offered. Nice. First thing would be, no, thanks. It's fine. I've got it. You know, I can do it all. And then panic or upset and, you know, emotional roller coaster because actually, no, I couldn't do it all. Yeah. Uh, I haven't got any specific examples. I just remember feeling that massive pressure of trying to get stuff everything done being a single mm. mom and single full-time working mom and being away from my family not having that support system living in France and really feeling like I took a lot on yeah um so opening up to the offer of help is yeah changes life for sure and I think what I do is I apply the improv attitude so when someone offers me help mm-hmm. I my attitude is say yes Right. Not only because I might benefit, though I say yes, even if I don't think it's going to serve me, mm-hmm. it matter. You know, it's it's like doesn't matter one way or the other. Because when okay. I say yes, I receive the gift the other person's giving mm-hmm. me, and sometimes that makes them feel good too. Yes, good. Uh, yeah, super. Yeah, yeah. Because if they've gone out of their way to offer that help, then they're going to feel good for sure. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The third question, similar to the second one, I think, do you prioritize others' needs or desires over your own? Mm. I mean, it's a little more long-term. Probably, yes. Sacrificing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and also just taking care of other people. Mm -hmm. My mom always says, you're not Mother Teresa. Stop helping others. Help yourself first. Wow. That's kind of, yeah. So again, ongoing work. (laughs) Ongoing work. Well, you do look good in blue. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Uh, Next question. Do you often feel like you should do more in all areas of your life? 
Mm, in all areas of my life. <sighs> Can we throw that back at you while I think about it? Yeah, I would say that it's true. There's some areas where I, you know, that kind of inner critic voice is mm. saying to me, Amy, you should. Yeah, and there's this great expression in coaching. Don't should on yourself. Oh, yes. Yeah, we've talked about that before. Yeah. Yep, exactly. So that's <laughs> yeah, when I... should have done this, should have done that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I guess there's always somewhere, not everything, maybe, you know, do more, should be doing more sport, mm-hmm. should be doing more hours of work or, yeah, there's a few areas, not all areas. Mm-hmm. The last question for the moment is, uh, is, I think is true for me. Are you overly invested in the decisions and outcomes of the people you love? Mm. Sometimes I get into other people's business and right. I have no place being there. It's <laughs> interesting. See, I don't know if I do that. Overly invested in the decisions and outcomes of the people you love. Great. No, I don't think I do. So isn't Way that too busy at my end doing right. my stuff? Though <laughs> so it's fascinating yeah. how you and I don't necessarily. So I think it's interesting for listeners. You don't necessarily have to say yes to all of the mm. questions. It's just, you know, what are the areas where you might have weaker boundaries than mm-hmm. other areas? Right. And there was another question I think she asked as well, wasn't there? Something about commitments. Yeah. Do you keep commitments with yourself and others? Mm. Commitments with myself. Yeah. Again, maybe with the sport. So, yeah, I'm going to go for a run every single morning. And I've decided awesome. to do that for a few months. And that's helping in many, many ways. Um. And commitments with others. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what about you. Yeah, pretty much. I might, I, I kind of like the idea of looking at the commitments to myself of, of like caretaking of going mm-hmm. to bed at the right time and yeah, okay. um, not over uh, making sure I'm doing my sports mm. as a way to, as a, um, a boundary to honor myself. I, I mm-hmm. like that looking at it from that perspective yeah yeah okay you know and can you can you hear my doggy still having a good old chill on this bone yes he is he's <laughs> he knows his boundaries and he's just gonna just oh go he gave straight back through the door I did put him outside <laughs> I guess he's just gonna sit next to us throughout the whole show okay well listeners if you could see this dog you'd just be delighted he's just the cutest little <laughs> he's thing. already featured in one of the shows before well, that's I think. true he did have a little cry and a sing-along at some oh, point yeah. like the mascot and you know what Terry says? She has this quote. She says, having strong, healthy boundaries is the key to living a healthy, happy, empowered life. Amen. And the good news is that learning to set healthy boundaries is a totally learnable skill. That's so good to hear. It really is. Isn't it? Right? <laughs> yeah. There is hope. She explains how our dysfunctional patterns, which she talked about from childhood, mm-hmm. makes setting boundaries difficult. Yes. Tell me more. What do you think about that? Funny you should ask because the words dysfunctional patterns didn't really figure in my vocabulary until I listened to the first few chapters over and over, about maybe three or four times. And dysfunctional, something with that word, dysfunctional. (laughs) Nobody wants to be dysfunctional, although we all come from dysfunctional families because that's what humans are. We are dysfunctional, right? So you can't really get away from it. It's the admitting to it and sitting with it and dissecting it again. And yeah, so it took me a while. And I realized that some of the scenes that I'd witnessed as a child were still 
flashing up every now and then for me and I kind of buried them away to my secrets box or whatever it the closet or the what does she say the boundary basement push them back mm-hmm. down to the boundary basement and yeah this 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 work that we're both doing thanks to the book um made me realize that it all needs to be dealt with and I'm so happy I'm doing it again because I've got my daughter who's 12 and so I've already started to talk to her about this book and and also makes me realize not just the boundaries as a mother, also as a, you know, with work and with family and with loved ones everywhere. It's, it's so appropriate in many, many areas of our lives. So then it blew my mind when Terry said, wait for this one, because it obviously made me think of you. Ineffective communication skills lead to weak boundary skills. Uh-huh. I was like, wait, 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 just sort of put that back again. Listen, communication skills. Yeah, because if we don't have the base the basis of communi- you know, clear communication and working on our communication skills constantly, if we're not doing that work, then how can we communicate where our boundaries lie? It can't. In, or they may communicate effectively before we blow up and scream. Right. Yeah. So working on our communication skills is essential if we're going to set boundaries with others. It's just that simple. It's not one without the other. And in a way, I... I see it as the vehicle to being proactively practicing setting boundaries. Yeah. It's getting good at the communication and expressing right. yourself, asking for what you want, saying yeah. when, you know, something's not working for you. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so I'm, you know, definitely if you, if you started any kind of work around communication, then you'll, it, as you said, it's the vehicle. Yeah. Um, then you'll be able to let people know without pissing anybody off or without mm-hmm. stepping on people's toes. Well, or... you can't guarantee that no, someone true. won't be pissed off. That's you'll true. reduce the likelihood because mm. the packaging will be the most right. effective possible. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, it's yeah. the packaging. Because like you were asking earlier, you know, when I set boundaries, do people, are there people that get frustrated with me? And mm. yes, sometimes they still do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, so how I, does that look? Is it? I guess it depends on the relationship you have with that person, right? Yeah. If it's a work uh, scenario, then maybe you can read somebody's face or the eyebrows go up or whatever it is, Mm -hmm. a physical reaction. Yeah. Or or verbal. Um, And I guess this is part of why helping people strengthen their communication skills is such a passion for me because when they can communicate more effectively, they're going to reduce that frustration and increase satisfaction. So it's all one big happy circle. (laughs) yeah for sure. and and this is great for listeners this is a, a for me a nice easy flag terry says you'll know a boundary has been crossed if you have an excessively strong reaction to a situation or you act against your own best interests oh, so that feeling of this is not sitting with me this is not working for me is that what you mean by the best in your own best interests you kind of like that internal feeling of no this should not be this is not where I should be going Uh, or that you you agree to do something Mm. or choose to do something that is not that's not good for you Mm -hmm. yeah but it makes me think about your take on shifting as we said earlier from reacting to responding Mm -hmm. to being in control of your response yeah I I started working that on that in my 20s you know, I could wow. see that there'd be action and then my immediate reaction. Mm. And I just spent 
years creating more and more space. I didn't do it through meditation like Terry does. Mm-hmm. Um, I did it probably through therapy and personal development programs. And um, yeah. I, I also work to bring in humor and play as a mm-hmm. way to um, to shift the energy and not take myself too seriously. Yes, absolutely. And I've seen you do that. Yeah. And also for me, I'm I'm working on that at the moment. And I know the knee-jerk reaction. I've definitely slowed down, definitely being a little bit more in control. And looking back, think, wow, I mean, I've said this before, going from zero to 100, flying off the handle mm-hmm. when something didn't go my way or the, I was triggered. And now it's like... Okay, it's taking this, me four years. <laughs> that, that's, actually, no, that's that's yeah, probably yeah. that's a pretty re- impressive amount of time. I know it sounds okay. like a long time, though. Yeah. Um, and, and so I was just talking to someone about this a couple of weeks ago. Mm. When they they said, you know, Amy, I just I react out of fear or defensiveness, and mm-hmm. they said, I don't know what to do. I said, Well, what if you purposely do nothing? So mm. the person says something, you feel your reaction, and you keep your lips closed and you just nod. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. And this pausing and nodding Mm -hmm. and silence, not like the cold stare, just you're just nodding as if you're taking in the information, even though inside you're just freaking out. This happened yesterday. I went into a very fancy clinic to get a, um, an Mm x-ray. I forgot the piece of paper from the doctor saying, Mm -hmm. you know, I had an prescription. Yeah. The prescription. Thank you. And the doc and the receptionist said, oh, well, we, we can't, we can't do it. <laughs> really? And she was crystal clear. This was not going to happen. Wow. And I, I was a little freaked out because I, I have zero time in my agenda mm-hmm. to come back and do this again yeah. anytime soon. And I automatically just went into Amy, keep your mouth shut and nod. Mm. Just nodded. And then she repeated it and she said it a couple of times. And I was like, oh my gosh. I really think she's going to kick me out of here without letting me. I, this is this Crazy. is like, this is really going to happen. Yeah. What so, happened? So in the end, um, I kept my mouth shut, and the next thing I knew was she was writing a temporary prescription for me. Without you asking, that's amazing, isn't it? <laughs> right. Hey, listen. Uh, <sighs> let's pause here. Let's go to break, mm-hmm. and listeners, we'll be back with more about Boundary Box Boss by Terry. Cole. Yes. And Mm -hmm. if listeners, if you want to take your superhero partner powers into the next decade, join me for my online leadership presence course. You'll find more details on my website, carolcoaching.com. Stay tuned. You're listening to Partner Up with Amy Carroll on the Voice America Business Channel. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash Voice America. In business, Many leaders have a great vision, but find their companies are lacking adequate execution. Transformative Experts with host Chris Elias takes you behind the scenes with real-life business leaders and transformative experts who can pinpoint why. Listen to learn how company culture drives execution to optimize results. How can you afford to miss it? Tune in live every Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time and 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. And catch our weekly replay on the Voice America Influencers Channel, Sundays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time. Tax laws are constantly changing. How can you keep up? 
Tune in to the Tax Answers Advisor with host Marcelino Dodge. By working together year-round, we'll help you implement proactive tax strategies to ensure you are paying the least amount of tax possible and work to increase your business cash flow. We'll help you file your business and individual tax returns accurately, safely, and properly the first time. Listen every Thursday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. It's time to future-proof your business. Join host Bonnie D. Graham for the Kinetic Enterprise, Built to Evolve, presented by Deloitte. SAP Solutions help you transform your business, and we'll start by going in-depth with topics and guests built around the four pillars of the Kinetic Enterprise, clean, intelligent, inclusive, and responsive. Move in to the next level with the Kinetic Enterprise, presented by Deloitte, live every Friday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Business Channel. Are you a business leader or executive that wants to achieve more, not just in it for profit, but to do work you find meaningful that adds more value to more people in more ways? Listen for the Business Elevation Show with host Chris Cooper. You'll hear from successful achievers from around the world with the passion and experience to offer invaluable guidance. The Business Elevation Show can be heard live on Fridays at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time, usually 4 p.m. U.K., on the Voice America Business Channel. Be more. Achieve more. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You are listening to Partner Up with Amy Carroll. We want participation from you. Feel free to send an email to amy at carolcoaching.com. Now, back to Partner Up with Amy Carroll. Here again is Amy. Welcome back to Partner Up with Amy Carroll. I'm here with my compu- communication <laughs> compadre, Talitha V. Welcome back. Hi, thank you. And today, listeners, we're talking about the book Boundary Boss by Terry Cole. T and I have just been enamored by this book, find mm-hmm. it really fascinating. And yeah. right before the break, we were talking about what, what was the what were you saying that was triggering something for you, T? So you mentioned the story about yesterday being in the receptionist's office and not having the prescription with you, and you thought that the receptionist was going to kick you out because she absolutely wanted that piece of paper. And it made me think about what I've been doing recently when I'm triggered and about to get into some kind of disagreement with whoever that may be. And often it's with my teenage daughter. (laughs) I'm actually talking to myself. So I said, I feel like a crazy woman, Amy, because I can feel that I'm about, this is another thing. I didn't know when I was going to get triggered before, before doing this work, this work on the communication and, and all the stuff that we do together. Now I know that triggered me. So already number one is that, uh oh, I'm triggered. Thing happens like, and the second thing is I'm saying to myself, "How is this making you feel?" Rather than reacting, so we were saying having these strong reactions. I'm trying to, well, not trying. I'm responding rather than reacting. And so by saying to myself in that moment of right, the, 
it, this is triggering, this is triggering me or somebody's triggered you. How are you feeling about that? How are you feeling about it? And I literally talking to myself. That has changed everything, Amy. That is amazing. Changed everything. And so you, if I, if I yeah. hear you correctly, you're instead of giving into the re- internal reaction, mm-hmm. you're and 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 letting something come out of your mouth. Yes. You're um, acknowledging the reaction, and yep. then you're asking yourself, "How am I feeling?" Which to me, what yep. I'm hearing is. That's a way of offering emergency self-empathy. Right. Didn't know that. Seems like I'm doing it. (laughs) Awesome. And it is awesome. Really cannot tell you how it's changing everything. So situations that could be unpleasant for everybody involved are now diffused. It's, It's insane how it's something so simple can change. Isn't that? In all areas of your life. Yeah, it really is. It's fascinating. And I'm guessing that there are some times you may calm down and you may still say, hmm, it seems to me like I'd like to make a request here. Yeah. Yeah. Or I'm going to take care of myself um, so that, you know, this doesn't exacerbate and get worse. Yeah, absolutely. It just gives the, the kind of a comfy cushion zone for me to think about how I'm going to deal with that situation rather than just going in there, which is yeah. what many of us do. And that's exactly what Terry says. She says, strengthening boundaries to the things mm-hmm. that will, will, will be included in order to strengthen those boundaries is slowing down. Right. And then at times stepping out of your comfort zone, doing something that feels different, awkward, unnatural, inauthentic, perhaps. Okay. Until, and you do it enough until you own it. Well, this, I mean, even just not reacting, not being, tr- feeling the trigger, that's stepping out of my comfort zone. Exactly. Because I have felt so good about being up, just reacting all yes. of that, you know, we do that reaction thing all of our lives. So it's already very weird to step out and be in touch with what's, what's happening. What's okay. I'm triggered. And now how am I feeling about this? Mm-hmm. It's super powerful. When I talk with some clients, they will sometimes push back and they say, well, Amy, that's not being authentic. Oh, okay. And I say, well, you, I say, you can be authentic or you can be married. <laughs> <laughs> I love or, it. or, you know, you can be authentic and be happy. You know, the thing is, I'm not saying don't express how you're feeling and you're frustrated. Mm-hmm. Though saying that calmly and slowly will mm. have a very different impact than screaming and yelling and um, hitting something completely yeah, yeah completely so it's a it's an ongoing an ongoing process and I'm seeing so many great benefits to this work right it's only just beginning the boundary I thing I mean the boundary thing is just a whole new world I'm talking about the communication things so and now I'm so excited to be where can I put these boundaries I've got a whole sack of boundaries and I want to throw them out there and it's hard. I mean, I know where I need to be putting them in place. Mm-hmm. I already have thought about where they should be. Okay. Haven't done that yet. That's right. probably going to take another six weeks or maybe another four years. So. Um, okay. Here's an idea. You want to hear it? Mm-hmm. Yep. Go for it. Um, visualize mm-hmm. setting the boundaries. Okay. Even if you never do it with that person, that situation, you can even take situations from three weeks ago or three months ago or three years ago and right. say, okay, if I was in that situation again, what would be the boundary I'd like to set? Okay. My theory T is that's like a form of visualization. 
Mm-hmm. And that's strengthening the internal boundaries because mm-hmm. you're creating that new pathway. Like, okay, this is a choice I have available. Love it. Love it. And that means okay. in the future, there's a higher probability you'll be, you'll be able to find that. Ready for it. Yeah. Yeah. When something similar happens. Sit down and, yeah, sit down and go through what's where I could have put more back. Well, yeah, I mean, I guess throughout the day, there's many situations, right? Mm-hmm. Depending on on who you're around, I'm, I've got some now, so I'm going to give that a go. <laughs> so let's give the listeners some, um, some thoughts. Yeah, because listeners, Terry talks about. She says to have a relationship with yourself and set strong boundaries. She makes a number of recommendations. Mm. She says we have choices of how people can treat us in our personal life and our professional life. Mm-hmm you'll discover that you have a full range of choices available and you may not have recognized that up until now. Mm. Um, And then she talks about types of people that have weak or porous boundaries. She describes Mm -hmm. them as the perennial pleaser, the overgiver wants to be all things to all people, uh, the advice givers, the fixers. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know that one. And I think I've been guilty of that over the years. Me too. Um, trying to give advice when people maybe don't need it. Yeah. And I, it, it, it was coming from a generous place and a caring right. place. And Terry says something about that too, doesn't she? About um, uh, t- just not giving the advice. And I think she'd, she did that too. Just listening, just being the, the open ear that somebody may yeah. need. Yeah. why we want to give the advice. I guess, you know, we want to help somebody. And that happened with you and I once. I think we were having a discussion and I offered some advice to you. And then I realized through an, in another conversation that we had, Amy, you said to me, T, I've got some advice. Would you, would you mind listening to it? And so already, rather than jumping in and mm. saying, hey, T, try this, do this. And you'd ask my permission prior yeah. to doing so. So, you know, just stepping back and asking, but amazing. amazing. No, and I, I wasn't born that way. I, <laughs> I really had to train myself to do that. Wow. And you do it so well. Thanks. Mm-hmm. And as a coach, you're kind of in that automatic um, wanting to, you know, well, coaches are, are supposed to just ask questions. I'm not the best right. coach. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm like, well, let's brainstorm new ways to solve this problem. <laughs> Hey, um, what, uh, let's, let's talk, um, about some of the things that listeners can do for more greater Mm self-care. Um, now Terry talks about perfectionists Mm. and she advises them. She says, you'll need to use a different approach other than that extreme focus that Mm -hmm. you have, that you normally use in your life. Mm. And, then she said something like uh, that perfectionist approach may come from fear rather than from love. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Fear of making mistakes, fear of uh-huh. being criticized. There, there's yeah. different motivations. Makes sense. Really makes sense. So let, what about the self-care? She mentions the Zen Den. I think that's what she calls it. Creating yeah, her, her little space, doesn't she? And she suggests that everybody does that. Mm-hmm. Um. To be honest, I didn't necessarily do it. I just have cushions in a corner of one of the rooms and and that's kind of the, the space that I go to to relax mm-hmm. and to meditate. Mm-hmm. So what are you doing? I, your Zen Den, Amy? Well, I don't have one either. And I wonder if that's because living alone, 
I don't have a need to get away anywhere. Mm-hmm. All the spaces mm-hmm. are available to me. I mean, it's true right. that you've had a dedicated place that would be probably good training for the brain. The mm-hmm. one thing I do uh, almost every morning is I'll do some form of breathing exercise, mm-hmm. whether it's the Wim Hof breathing or some mm-hmm. other breathing. And, yeah. and that is a way to help get myself present. So why do you think she suggests that we need to do this carve out self-care? What's the link with the boundaries? Why? Um, I guess for me, you know, you, you're creating greater self-intimacy. Mm-hmm. You're, you're, you're sending a message to yourself that you value yourself. Aha, uh-huh. I see. Okay. So should we, can we give listeners a few examples? What would your top five things be? taking care of yourself I know you said you do your breathing exercises I know you're very fond of getting out for a walk around that lake in Geneva yeah right aren't you yeah Lake Lake Geneva (laughs) oh gosh I um yeah exercise is a big one for me Mm -hmm. um uh calling a friend laughing playing doing improv hot baths chocolate massages Oh yeah, I can join you on the chocolate one. This is a new. Maybe it's because it's winter. <laughs> so oh, I decided I, that I can tuck into a bar of chocolate most days, and wasn't something I was doing before. I am going for a run every single morning, so amazing. I guess it feels like a bit of a reward to myself. Yeah, that feels really good. Exercise every single day, even if it's twenty minutes. Uh, I know we all have crazy busy lives. Uh, going for a walk. You know, I got the dog last year, and. Mm-hmm. That changed my whole life because he has not three long, nice walks every day. So wow, the walking then became running. And now I have a bit of a problem. I get to the beach because I live right here on the beach, get to the beach for a walk and feel the need to run. Isn't that fascinating? <laughs> yeah, I've become an addict, really. Um, and it makes me think about the show that you did with your wonderful nephew, Colin Carroll, who spoke about the importance of fitness that was yes. show I wrote it down show 59 uh-huh. uh, I think that aired on the 15th of October so listen yes to go check that one out as well super yeah. interesting stuff yeah so yeah so we carve out this time and you mentioned creating more joy in your life more freedom and greater intimacy talk to me about intimacy what do you mean intimacy with self right I, I think it you can it, it can be with yourself like you know yourself more you're mm-hmm. not afraid to like what you did, take a deep dive into your mm-hmm. boundary basement and, and mm-hmm. reflect and look. And I think that when you have a, you connect on a deeper level also with other people. Okay. And that is illustrated through your willingness to be more vulnerable. Right. And I see this when I do improv with the people I um, perform with in two different troops, the level of transparency Mm-hmm. That we're willing to take our masks off, mm-hmm. not, not the the COVID friendly, <laughs> the metaphorical mask. Okay, yeah, and and just allow ourselves to be seen. So taking away the boundaries, then? No, not taking away the not, boundaries. Okay, um, uh, willing to to be, be vulnerable, uh, be show my vulnerability, mm-hmm. build a sense of intimacy. With a, in a in a non sexual way, platonic intimacy. Mm-hmm. So uh, it it and that's a relief that takes pressure off me personally because I don't feel like I have to play a certain role. Okay. Okay. So all of these 
self-care tips will then enable us to be more in touch with ourselves, right? Be more in touch with our feelings and thus set boundaries. Uh, I think it could be. I think there's, I think it's kind of kind of goes both ways. It's um, yeah, we can take care of ourselves more, set more boundaries, uh, be more aware of what we want our boundaries to be, uh, Mm. increase a sense of confidence and well-being. Yeah. So I think it's a number of things. Oh, so much good stuff. Yeah. You know, T, um, I remember in the book, Terry talks about, she makes a distinction around mm-hmm. boundaries. She's, she talks about internal versus external. Mm-hmm. So this will help. Internal boundaries means how you treat yourself. Mm-hmm. And external boundaries is how, uh, refers to how others, you allow others to treat you. Yeah. Okay. So what, what do we do first? Does she mention that? I can't remember if she mentioned. I don't think do so. We... I think it's kind of can be done. Hand in hand. Yeah. Okay. Interchangeable. Yeah. Wow. It just really blows my mind to think about the internal boundaries. Treating yourself. Right. Not just going on the, the, the hamster wheel of every day. Okay. You right. get into the pattern of drop the kids to school and make food and then get to the work, computer, and then, 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 Right. Just so it, boundaries. And if you mm. take away that should, I should this, I should that, mm-hmm. that's a way of having an internal boundary. If, if that's not something you you're, want to do, Mm-hmm. If it's not something you have to do, then maybe not doing it is setting an internal boundary, okay. a way of taking care of yourself. Great. So um, she talks about ways how uh, what a boundary boss looks like in action. Mm-hmm. And, and this, is so, this is so interesting. This is what you were talking about just when we came back from the break. She said, number one, as emotions come up, stop, name them ah, and honor them. There we go. I'm on the right track. You are. <laughs> then she says, number two, make your own Zen den. Mm-hmm. And then three, get inspired, meditate. So these are very concrete steps that she offers. Yeah. I know for me, I like to play music. So just mm-hmm. grabbing my guitar is my kind of can be my meditation as well. I, I can imagine. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like therapy. Just losing oh, myself in that. Yeah. I can picture that. Yeah. And being present. The big one. Yes. Um, so, you know, we, at the beginning of the show, we read off some of those quiz questions and I, yeah. I can think of a few more. Okay. Um, so here's another, so listeners get your paper and pen, your metaphorical mm-hmm. paper and pen. Um, <laughs> so here's another question. Does attempting to speak up, bring up feelings of anxiety or dread for you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess it could for sure, depending on the subject and who. Like I, I remember when I first joined one of my improv troops, mm-hmm. I was the new kid, the and <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I remember distinctly being afraid to. Oh yeah. Say, hey guys, do you think that's a good idea, or what if right. I just giving kept, any input? Yeah, yeah. I just didn't trust that my voice would be heard, or I didn't. I was afraid that they would reject me if I, okay. yeah. So that was about, uh, let's see, t- 2016. So mm-hmm. looking at five years ago now. Wow. And that's not an issue any longer. Well, oh, no. By the way, dog's really under my feet now. He's decided to bring me the bone. <laughs> oh, that's so sweet. <laughs> Cracking and chomping and yeah. <sighs> so I'm not sure. It's possible that if I joined a new group today, 
I might still hold back mm. because I want to get my feet wet. I want to get a sense of the group um, before launching in and, and giving yeah, my sure. opinion. And it feels like we mostly do that, right? I mean, it could be a new parents group or a new sports group or whatever, a new, uh, a new team at work. I guess we observe first, right? Is mm-hmm. that- I don't, I don't, maybe, mm-hmm. I, may, you know, yeah, maybe there's depends. some people who are just happy to just speak up right away. Okay. You know? I guess I, I do what you do. I think I'd sit back and observe a little bit first and mm-hmm. feel a bit nervous about jumping straight in. So, okay. Another so what, question? Mm-hmm. Go for it. Um, when paying for service, do you avoid telling people if you are unsatisfied? Ooh, I think I've done both. So I've told people that something's not right, whatever that may have been. And I've also felt like, oh, I'm not going to bother them. It doesn't matter. So the, yeah. I guess the good question is, does it really not matter? Or are you going to think about it? Because you're right. There's plenty of times where it really doesn't matter. And yeah. Right. Yeah. Here's one time. Uh, at, I was, you know, I've got braces on my teeth and I've mm-hmm. had to go back and get this work done. Mm-hmm. Well, one of the first appointments I had, the assistant, while she had this contraption in my mouth, pulling my mouth wide open, she <laughs> took a phone call. And I was what horrified. I was like, yeah, mega uncomfortable. And she's just going to prolong the whole thing. Right. So at the end, when the dentist checked with me and how was everything, I didn't want to complain to him. Mm -hmm. I felt like this was something I wanted to express Mm -hmm. and I wasn't willing to get her in trouble, though I wanted Mm -hmm. her to hear, get my Mm -hmm. feedback. Mm -hmm. So I said, oh, would it be okay if I speak with Claudia? And he was a little confused. He's like, uh, yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. You know, thanks. So he sends Claudia in. It's just the two of us. And I very mm-hmm. kindly, very gently explain why that was kind of stressful for me. Um, so how did and, you do it? Oh, I was just, I was really easygoing, gracious, mm-hmm. made a joke about it mm-hmm. and just said, you know, maybe in the future, don't take the phone call. <laughs> yeah. Well, you probably changed the way she hopefully did stuff for oh, yeah. the next person. Yeah, mm-hmm. I wasn't worried at all. Mm. She totally took it on. She wasn't then, she was apologetic. Mm. Um, she, she like, she had an explanation without over defending or justifying herself at the same time. She's like, yeah, we'll, we'll find a solution. So that doesn't happen again. Great. Well done. The next time I went back, the clear, it would had, it was clear that she had gone to the dentist, her boss to say, Hey, this is what we talked about. Mm-hmm. He said, Oh my gosh, thank you so much. And then he and I got into this long conversation about leadership oh. <laughs> and how at the dentist, uh, at the dentist, he gave me a Amazing. book to listen to. I told no. him about, yeah, that's cool. No. And so now we've had this whole lo- another level of, right. of connection, which is just delightful. That's great. Yeah. Mm, somebody just dropped something upstairs. I think, did you hear that? Yeah. Always so quiet in my house, Amy. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to my world. <laughs> okay, what other questions did she ask? Um, another question was, do you tend to ignore your own needs for too long then explode in frustration? Oh, that's an ugly one. And I'm sure, yeah, I've been there 100%. Yeah. 100%. And again, not something I do now, thanks to all the work that... Mm. 
I do it less and less. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Here's another one. Do you often have a specific idea of how things should be done and then get frustrated when others seem clueless? Yeah. Okay. Do Do you often avoid speaking up if you have a different opinion with the individual group you're with? Avoid speaking up. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I guess if I thought I could swing the situation and depending on the severity of what the outcome would be, how important it is, then I may let it just go, let it go, mm-hmm. you know. Otherwise, yeah, if I, if I really, my conviction is to change that situation, then I'll, I'll speak up for sure. Yeah, and I guess for me, my, I, what I often rely on is, is will I feel resentful if I don't speak up? Right. Yeah. And then it's, it seems like a really easy decision. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're only I'll have a few minutes left, so let's get through these wow. questions and then, okay. um, all right, let's see. What was another one? Do, uh, have you created problematic relationships because you have a hard time saying no? Ooh. Mm, no, I don't think so. Have you? Um, Problematic relationships because he didn't say no. Not too bad. Yeah. Yeah. Do you cut people out of your life? <laughs> I've done that. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that's a really healthy boundary to do that. Mm-hmm. Though sometimes I think there's people who will cut someone out of their life because they don't, you know, they don't have the question above they can't mm. say no or they mm-hmm. they don't know how to have healthy boundaries so mm. they'd rather have no connection whatsoever yeah i've done that in the past i don't think i'd do it again now because i'd be able to go and confront the person in the yeah in the correct oh, manner and the, i didn't finish reading the whole question let me read again mm-hmm. do you cut people out of your life rather than avoid having to have a difficult conversation yeah there you go yeah I've done that um, for sure yeah, I, I guess no. I would only cut someone out of my life if I felt like, uh, you know, if I believed that that behavior was just not going to change, mm-hmm. um, or I wasn't willing to invest the time and energy that I thought it might right. take. Yeah. Then, you know, basta. Yeah, for sure. And then another question she offers is: If friends or family are having a hard time, do you feel compelled to help them, even if you ha- they haven't asked for your help? I guess so. Yeah. I guess this goes so. a little bit Natural. about, um, I, I compelled, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Do you it feel feels compelled? Like a, I would offer help for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I've gotten better at, you know, do that asking, would you like advice? Would you like help? There we go. Thanks for the reminder. Yeah. I was just yeah. trying to think how this links to the boundary thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Uh, so T, we had so much more we wanted to share with listeners. It's endless. This is just an endless topic for now because. <laughs> and the book is just, it's just Doing the full work. of nuggets. Oh, after nugget after nugget. It is. She talks about uh, the five different categories of boundaries. I, I think we're just right. going to have to do another show. Oh yeah, I'd love to. Okay. And the other thing she said was having healthy boundaries makes you brave and generous. If we could finish with that. Oh, that's a good one. Give it to us one more time. Having healthy boundaries makes you brave and generous. So we always think of boundaries as kind of like that cutoff point and uh, and maybe we're stopping something or, you know, and and so actually it's the opposite. 
you're being generous by setting your boundaries because the communication is clear and people know exactly where they are with you and exactly what you're willing to accept. Exactly. Mm. So listen, um, I think you're right. Let's have Rajkumari Neoji's. Let's play her episode next week, November 26th, Mm because it's a holiday. So it's going to be a repeat show. She's an epigenetic coach and executive consultant focusing on the intersection of neurobiology, culture, and empathy in today's business world. This episode, Raj Kumari, helps us to understand the impact on transgenerational trauma and why a sense of belonging is so critical to feeling happy and productive. She also offers us straightforward practices for dismantling toxic work cultures. Mm. And listeners, if you want to find out more about me, you can go directly to my website, carolcoaching.com. That's two R's and two L's. Or you can connect directly with me on my social media channels, Amy Carol Coaching. And if you're game for more, T and I will hop, be hopping over to Facebook Live five minutes past the hour for a short chat on today's call. Yes. T, thank you. This has been wonderful. <laughs> thank you, Amy. And listeners, you've been listening to Partner Up with Amy Carroll on the Voice America Business Channel. Happy partnering, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to Partner Up with Amy Carroll. Join Amy for another edition next Friday at 7 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Central European Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Until we speak again, make it a great week. And remember, make your partner look good.